Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to season two of the Women in Weightlifting podcast. Jessica Saxon joins me as my co-host this season. We are joined this evening by Janice Okamoto, um, who is a 55 kilo lifter and actually just won the national championships. So congratulations. Yay! And Janice, Thank welcome you. to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Start where we where we always start, which is how, how did you get into weightlifting? So as I've been listening to a few of the other girls' stories, I also got started through CrossFit, um, but a little bit different. I started doing CrossFit in 2008, so a, a while back. Um, 2008? 2008. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like with that number like or that year, like I should be a lot better or should have been a lot better than I was, but um, kind of fell into it. I didn't know what CrossFit was, no idea. Um, they, somebody opened a CrossFit in the ice rink that I was training at, and I was told, hey, this will be good for you. It's something different, um, good um, cross training for your ice skating. I was a competitive ice skater and actually got hurt that year in ice skating twice and ended that career and then there was CrossFit there to kind of pick up my competitive spirit and give me something else to learn and do new things. I'd never touched a barbell before. Couldn't do all these things were so new, back squatting and thrusters and pull-ups and all these things that were, there's just like new skills to learn and went from there and just switched, did CrossFit. It was like fitness plus competitive, something new and exciting as I figured out the rest of my life, I guess, um, switching from ice skating. Ice skating was my life. Wait, can we um, talk about? And ice then skating? I got hurt, and it was time. Can we talk about ice? <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah. What did you? Yeah. So I was compete. How young? What did you do? So also very strange. I come. I started late, like you hear about in a lot of um, competitive ice skaters. Start when they're like three, four, five maybe six, like, especially all the ones, all the Olympians, you see those photos when they were little and they're barely walking and they're on skates. I started when I was 11 or 12, around 11, got on the ice, really loved it, kind of took a little bit to get into it and to um, convince my mom to let me do it. And then from there, though, as soon as I started, really took off and it was all in, like, as soon as I could, like about a year in, started competing, loved it. And then around 15, 16, I started getting to pair skating. So from 16, um, I think 16 was my first junior nationals. And then from there was nationals every year um, with as a pair skater. So like the skating where you get like lifted and thrown and all of that fun stuff. So were you the thrower or the throw E? <laughs> the throw E, <laughs> definitely on, on ice. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you lift. I mean, it's it's a reasonable question to assume that you can be doing your throwing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a very interesting going from that whole world um, to, yeah, I never would have imagined that I'd be doing this. Had no idea that it was a thing, really. No clue. So, I mean, what, what level did you, did you, you, you said you started ice skating at 12 and then competed all, how long mm -hmm. did you, when did you stop competing? I stopped at... Uh, 1920-ish. My last nationals was 2008. It was like a January of 2008. And, and did you say you stopped, stopped committing because you got injured or did you stop committing because you just, yes. what, what happened? I got hurt. So 
I competed in that nationals. I actually had a torn labrum and I didn't really know about. I knew it would like pop out every once in a while. And I was like, okay, it's cool. It's fine. I'll just skate through it. Generally, you don't need your shoulders to function quite as much as like we do now um, for ice skating. But because it's para skating, it's a lot of like holding myself up. Um, my partner would take this arm and like use it to kind of launch me sometimes. And that's when sometimes it would like, if we we're off timing, he pulled one way, I pulled another way and it would come out. So we made it through nationals, got surgery on it. And then we kept skating. We were training again. Um, I had a really bad fall on my ankle, twisted it, kept going. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Until one day it wasn't fine. <laughs> my toe got stuck in the ice. I kept rotating. It's a very like, you know, you have the spins, right? So I had a spinal fracture, spiral, spiral fracture, sorry, in my leg towards my knee. Finally got the MRI. All the ligaments of my ankle were torn up. Oh my gosh. That was it. Surgery. There's a plate in my ankle, screws across it. And that was it for. Oh my God. That's brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's really amazing um, what our bodies can do. And definitely like the doctors, they wanted to fix me up so that if I wanted to skate again, I could. But um, there's not a lot of male skaters. There's not a lot of tall male skaters and not a lot of like big ones that enough to um, that want to lift up girls. And so once like it's really hard to find a skating partner. So once we were done, that was like that was it. It was time to go to college. And that's what brought me out to California. Okay. So where, where did you go to school? Uh, UC Santa Barbara. Oh, very cool. Nice, nice place yeah, to go to school. Yeah. It is, it is. So, and I lived there for 12 years and I just moved. So where, where do you live now? In LA. Oh, okay. I literally moved the Saturday right before national. So like I moved in Saturday, what? left on Wednesday for Detroit. It was crazy. It was a crazy. <laughs> it's been... So it's like Southern California, like, I'm, I'm in Arizona, but Santa Barbara and like LA, they're what, 60 miles apart ish? Yeah. I mean, it's all Southern California, but I'm not really sure where <laughs> things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa Barbara's are like an hour and a half north of LA. Yes, an hour and a half in LA is five minutes or five miles. I mean, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true <laughs> so okay so you went out to california to sorry we're interrupting to go um to go to school at uc santa barbara so what did you what did you study psychology with a minor in education and asian american studies very cool and so what do you do what do you do now i coach so you, full-time you, oh you're a full-time like weightlifting coach uh crossfit weightlifting, youth fitness, ice skating, off ice conditioning. I just actually got done about an hour ago with a virtual remote off ice ice skating session. Wow. It's, it's a crazy world these days, you know? <laughs> so like, are you with a, with a gym or what, like, what are you, are you all, all by yourself? No. Yeah. So I moved down here and I just started a new gym in West LA coaching group classes. And then hopefully we'll get into more, um, personal training, weightlifting classes there. It's definitely my specialty. Um, and I enjoy it a lot, but CrossFit's fun too. I've like kept up with that the whole time, even though I stopped doing CrossFit, I started coaching back in 2014 and I've been a coach consistently, even though I stopped doing it in 2018. 
So, okay, so I have to ask, how far how far did you get in the CrossFit world? I mean, did you make like regionals? <laughs> Not far, no. <laughs> Not far enough, no. Um, consistent top 100 in Southern California, or in California. Nice. Okay. I guess like back in the day, it was Southern California, but That's in a it was a very competitive region. Very, very competitive down here. <laughs> um, I would have loved to do team. It was kind of like not a great place um, to be at. We didn't have a lot of um, high level CrossFit athletes that wanted to come together to make a team um, in Santa Barbara for a long time. Finally in 2017, took a long time, 2017, like a bunch of us got together. Okay, we're gonna do this. We trained um, as a team for a year. And then it all fell apart and regionals was also the same weekend as nationals. And that was when I decided like, okay, I'm going to be a full-time weightlifter now. And who are you with in weightlifting? You're with Juggernaut, right? With Juggernaut. Yeah. I was asking earlier, where did you grow up? Tennessee, which you're from Tennessee too. I am. Where are you from in Tennessee? Yeah. I'm from Brentwood. So like right outside of Nashville. Oh my God. I'm from Clarksville. I don't, oh, okay, okay. You know where that is? Um, like an hour away, yeah. right? Yeah, like an hour after. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I had no idea. Wow. How, how, how did you end up in Tennessee? Oh, oh, my dad's work. So he worked for a drum company and their headquarters, even though it's like, I think it's a Japanese company. Um, they are based out of Tennessee, out of Nashville. Okay. So, with all the country ended up growing up there yeah i mean i, I get yeah if you're in, in the music industry that would make that would make a lot of sense but that's i mean nuts but too fine a point on it but you know tennessee's not exactly the hotbed for the asian american community um no no not at all <laughs> um I yeah i mean <laughs> what's that <laughs> It's like that, and that's why actually I majored in Asian American studies. I just ended up taking so many classes to learn more. They, they definitely lack in Asian American um, education out in Tennessee, and I knew almost nothing. Yeah. So in college, I just started taking more classes and ended up pretty much with a minor. So I was like, oh, let me just take a few more classes and have that. But I learned a lot, which was great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was fantastic. I mean, you know, Southern California, of course, has a, a, a large Asian community, Asian American community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I went to I school it. in Georgia and, I, and I, I've been to Tennessee a number of times. I'm like, I don't remember yeah. there being much of a, an Asian American community there. So not yeah. a lot, not a lot. And it, it was, it's, it's gotten much more diverse. Yes, it a, there was a huge influx right in the last 10 years of people moving to Nashville. So it's much, much yeah. more diverse. A lot of big companies coming in, bringing people in, which is great. But yeah, growing up and even like I would come back from college and like be at, I remember I was at Whole Foods and this girl was like, or this lady was like, are you an ice skater? And I was like, it's like, I don't know you. Like, there's no reason I should stand out. I feel like in a place um, just from someone recognizing me and out of the blue because of most likely because I'm Asian, like they're like, oh, that you must be that one that ice skates, which is true. It was true. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't know. Maybe they were big ice, maybe they were big ice skating fans, you know? Another very small sport. Um, yeah. People only care about doing the Olympics. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I 
I've noticed that a little, you know, as, and I posted something about this on Facebook the other day. I'm like, you know, this people become experts in these obscure sports for like a week. Um, and so yes. all of a sudden everybody's, a, you know, a breaststroke specialist um, as they, you know, for the mm-hmm. 10 minutes that the breaststroke is on, well, like swimming's on all the time, but for the, for the summer Olympics, you become this expert in swimming for, you know, two weeks mm-hmm. and it's kind of bizarre. But yeah, during I was thinking during the Winter Olympics. I mean, everybody everybody can become an expert in, in ice skating and you know exactly how to score an ice skating um, performance <laughs> because they they've been watching. Probably it. Probably the most yeah. common thing. Yeah, it's, it's easier to be. It's easy to be a keyboard yeah. warrior. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, you see the same thing with like the gymnastics, right? Ice skating, that's probably the most comparable thing that I can think of is like, because it is a much mm-hmm. more subjective. I mean, there there's yes. a skill set you have to perform, yada, 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 but it's still for the most part, a very subjective scoring. And so, yeah, the ice skating versus oh, yeah. and, and, and gymnastics kind of go hand in hand. And it is just interesting to watch people comment yeah. about scoring. You're like, really? You don't know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could talk about weightlifting. Oh, yeah. That's about it. So when, when that is, is something that is very appreciated, though, about weightlifting, that it can. It's so much more objective. You lift mm-hmm. the weight. Yeah. You don't lift the weight. <laughs> There's nothing like they can't really deduct you because of <laughs> a hand movement that they didn't like, or your music choice, or whatever it is. Like things that are very, very um, subjective and opinionated. Yeah. Yeah, I was joking. Like, like there's that. no style points in the clean. Yeah. You know, you, right. you, you get luckily, racked on your chest and no clean stand up, you're good. <laughs> What's that, Jess? I said, luckily for me, there's no style points in the clean because I lack a lot of finesse. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. You get the bar up. It's it's all good, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and I mean, other than press outs and stuff like that and on jerks and snatches, I mean, it, it is for the most part, mm-hmm. and you lift the weight over your head. Um, I always think right. lift it over your head, it should be a white light. Uh, are we, We're going to get into that. <laughs> are we really going to have that discussion? No, it is about Janice. <laughs> uh, well, I'll ask Janice. What, uh, abolish the press out rule, Janice? What's your vote, Janice? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I like the idea of like a instant replay review. I know we have the challenge cards now, which is great. Um, but I don't know. I also got given whites one time and they took it away. No one asked them to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had a jury stop and then and it was like overturned. I was like, don't, no one asked that. <laughs> you guys gave it to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's got. I mean, that's got to be a brutal more moment for an athlete, and and because I, I mean, I think about it as the announcer. I'm like, you you see that the jury because I see it before everybody else does, right? And you're like, oh. stop jury. I'm like, oh no, and you just feel it because you're like, it's never good news. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a tech stop to be like, oh, that was extra good. No. <laughs> We're going to congratulate you for that lift. Um, yeah, it's all it's, it's always bad news if there's a text out from the jury, right? So, yeah, it's just got to be soul crushing. Um, so, Janice, tell us about like what is an what is an average session? What does an average week look like for you? And what does an average session look like for you? 
all over the place. Um, I feel like every time I get into a routine, it changes. And that's most like, I mean, it's mostly because of what I do for work, like with coaching um, and I have clients and classes and people all over the place. So like as soon as I get into routine, summer's over and then it's back to school. Um, I was working with a lot of kids. I would say over, I just moved. And so I'm definitely starting kind of new, but before I left over half my clients were youth um, athletes or yes, athletes. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, whether they were doing CrossFit or weightlifting for a sport or a different sport and they're using me as conditioning or if they, that was their main thing. So, um, so it's just been all over the place, especially with the last year. That being said, I trained five days a week. Um, sometimes I have to squeeze it into an hour. Sometimes I get two and a half hours. Sometimes I get to do a double day. Most days I don't. Um, so very adaptive, I would say very flexible training. And as I'm leading up to a meet, it definitely becomes a little bit more rigid and like prioritized. Like I will schedule, like you, I can't have more people. It doesn't matter if it's more money. I just can't do it. I have to prioritize, prioritize my training. So that's kind of like my best answer. It's all over the place. What does your no set look like most of the time? Do you do snatch, clean, and jerk every day with some accessory stuff or? Um, it seems to be snatch, a, a version of snatch every day, pretty much. Um, definitely cleans not every day, not every day. Every day, some kind of squatting, whether that's like a full snatch, full clean, or back squat or front squat. Um, but it totally changes all the time, which I like. I don't really love getting into like the same set routine of like Monday is back squat day. And I also don't look at my programming ahead of time. I like to be surprised. <laughs> I like going in and just like, oh, this is what we're doing today. I got lucky actually recently. It was a max out day right before nationals. And I was like, oh, I'm totally done lifting heavy. Like this will be easy. And I glad I looked because I hadn't eaten much that day. And so I was like, oh, gosh, I got to like eat more to prep for this. So sometimes I look ahead. Other days I like I like the surprise. So obviously you're not doing your own programming then. No, no, I do not. I cannot. I have to be told what to do. I got it. Yeah. No, so I mean, are you lifting with like the juggernaut team at all? Or are you are you doing remote? I mean, what has this? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just remote. Um, I'll take videos, send videos to Max, get feedback, but otherwise, um, especially once the pandemic hit, I was lifting alone. First started off at a parking lot, then moved into another parking lot outside of the gym, but I was able to use the weights from the gym and like bring them outside, lift in the parking lot, haul them back in. Um, I got used to lifting alone uh, and that has been good, I think in a way to a keep me adaptable to whatever happens. I can lift in a parking lot on gravel that moves. I can lift on in a playground. I was on a playground for a few times um, with like a squishy floor um, and the grass by the beach <laughs> back on a, on a wooden platform again. So that was fun. Oh my God. You do remember how you injured yourself in, in, in ice skating, right? I mean, <laughs> don't lift heavy things on a squishy platform. Bad vibes, Mark. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I made it somehow I made it um I've gotten smarter since ice skating I've definitely gotten smarter with training since my ice skating days um but in a way like yeah lifting alone has helped me mentally 
Like I can mentally focus and not let outside things bother me as much. It happens, of course. Um, but I don't rely necessarily. And like lifting with people is great. Love it. Love having an environment with people around me. I appreciate it more now when I do have it. Um, especially if there's other weightlifters, a lot of times that's not the case. It's other people doing other kinds of fitness. Um, definitely appreciate when I am in a good environment, but I can also do it without it, which is nice. Does and I think that mentally have- gets me prepared for a competition. If you're Does a strength Max coach. A that oh, I'm sorry. Can- go ahead, Jess. Does Max have a facility that you can go to, to train at with him and other lifters? Yeah. Yeah. It's up in Oakland. Um, so that is, maybe like six hours away from here. So before COVID, we were doing camps and would come together a few times a year and lift there. And yeah, so we can make it happen, but it just has been a while. It's been a long, a little bit over a year of not having that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just trying to get back into like what life was like pre-COVID. And is that what we're going back to or not? Um, what's normal right. anymore yeah but just yeah, you and I were talking exactly. about this you know with on your interview it's like pre like the our entire world is different because of the our practice of the practice of laws is so mm-hmm. so was so different during COVID and so there's this great discussion about what are we going back to uh, but yeah lifting wise mm-hmm. it's like everybody kind of got used to lifting remotely and mm-hmm. you know so if you were remote coaching you probably actually did pretty well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that's been like a good change it's now almost normal like I don't never before would I have thought to do an office remote training session with somebody in a different city but now that's not only a normal thing it's like yeah let's do it this will be great like yeah yeah, I mean it's 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 not only normal it's almost like it's the expectation right Mm -hmm. like of course we're not getting together what are you silly yeah Yeah. and it's easy like no one has to drive anywhere it's great Um, so Jess what is your favorite moment from a competition um so I would definitely say like this past competition was a highlight of making that last clean and jerk I was very confident with it it was a great feeling that like, I'm usually not so aware of what's going on. And I actually had no idea necessarily where we were all stacking up what was necessarily happening until like, literally there was two of us left. And I realized there's only two of us left. And I heard, I think you, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I heard, okay. <laughs> I heard you say like, if she makes this, I really don't know what's going on. I like say That's right. very much. I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> I only found out later. But your voice is very familiar. Um, <laughs> what everyone says, but all the time. <laughs> it's literally why my Instagram tag is Mark House, the speaker, because if oh. I tell people my name, they have no idea who I am. But if I identify my role, then they're like, "Oh, you're that guy." <laughs> so yeah. wait, I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> tell me about the, no. Tell me about this lift. But I heard you say, I heard you say, like, if she makes this, then she wins, and like, I was like, oh okay, (laughs) this is cool. (laughs) Or like, I've made the one before it. And I was like, oh, that was cool. And, um, and then my coach was like, well, that was cool. But if you make this, it's about to be cooler. I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) cool. And then they're like one-on-one and I was like, okay. I I don't remember what your last lift was. I just remember it was a really good lift. 
Um, it was a one-on-one. I only went up a kilo. That's all I, all I needed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your, what are your best? I had a month before I had hit 105 in training. Nice. So that was definitely like a really big confidence booster knowing that like, okay, I, I hit 105. I was expecting to have to do something between like a 103, 104, 105 um, and be like, okay, cool. Like that's heavy for me. Um, but knowing I only do 101 and I usually do that like reg- pretty regularly in practice, like get towards there. I was like, okay, this is, this is good. I can do that which is always a nice feeling to go up on that platform and be like, I can do this. It's not always like that. No. Yeah, to walk up with something you're like, I, I, <laughs> I, I hit this in comp- or at home all the time. We're good. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your best snatch? Right. Um, 84, which I did like maybe two weeks before. Nice. So nice. that one was a little more disappointing on in the snatch. Yeah. A lot of PRs leading up to nationals, which is great. Um, so snatch wasn't ideal necessarily. It was good, but definitely like I, uh, I made the first one, missed the second two, wasn't what I was wanting number wise, shook it off, reset everything. But after that, I was like, okay, okay, next time, next time, uh, maybe I'll go for, be able to do better. I definitely kind of wrote out. Hmm? What did you hit in the snatch? 76. Okay. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, actually, it segues nicely into the, like, the next question of, I mean, how do you reset after that? So you come out, you hit your opener at 76, you miss your next two. Um, Yeah. How do you get back in the correct headspace to be like, all right, reset? It's hard. Yeah. No, it's definitely hard. Um, I had this feeling of that I just let other people down. And that was my first thought. I was like, okay, I let the team down. I let my coaches down myself. Yeah, it sucks. But I was like, no, it was more so that was more important to me, but it just is what it is. You got it. You have to move on. I went to the bathroom, just like, I, which I always do that. I don't know if that's overshare, but like I always go between snatch and clear and jerk. I do too. And it's always a reset though, no matter what. Really? <laughs> like no matter what. It's like, it makes sense logistically, all kinds of reasons to do it. <laughs> but it also is just a reset. I leave that whole warm-up area. I come back. Different, different competition. We're on to clean and jerk. Um, personally, clean and jerk is a stronger lift for me. I know that. And it's just, it's, it's, it's next. It's time. Move on. Got to move on. So, so. I mean, I, I, I actually love to talk about mindset with weightlifters because I, I found in talking to the 59s that there was again, a surprising amount of variability. Um, so how, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. talk about your first snatch. I mean, when you're, you know, how do you get into the mindset of going up and taking that first lift? And what do you, what is going through your head? That's the worst one for me. Um, it's just like so much more nerves than the rest of them. Um, I, I have to just block out, um, everything in a sense, which I've tried to practice training. So in training, it starts with a warm up. I do have a routine, got to get my shoulders warm, got to get my hips warm, get to the bar. It's a certain routine and just turn it on from there. It's if I wait until the platform, it's way too late. 
I've got to get it turned on and warm up. I, it's kind of with that though, it just is a little bit different. I like having a fun environment. I've done meets where I'm with people who I know and like we last, we have a good time um, and I'm a little bit more distracted. And I've had other meets that go well as well that it's very much just me coaches and just the bar. Um, I know you've asked about like music and stuff like that. I don't listen to music, but I also don't like to be fully aware of necessarily like what's going on. I like to know what's going on in the sense that I know when I'm up, like, I don't want to be surprised. I like to know how much time I have left. When am I going to take this next lift? Um, I like that communication with the coaches that I have and like my team in the back. Um, if I have enough people to like, know, okay, sit down. Okay. Is it time to lift? Okay. What do I, how much time do I have? just so I'm mentally prepared, so I'm not surprised. And then same thing, mentally prepared, so I'm not surprised that it's my turn to lift. Um, but going up for that first one, it's like, I've got to just turn it on and make it happen. Like, got to make it happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And that's a whole nother story, but well, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it happened what, and ideally it happens. Have you, have, you, like, have you missed your opening attempt at a national meet? I want to say yes, not often, not often, Yeah. but so it I've, just, whenever it, I feel like it must have, it, it must have happened. And I definitely know one time in like a local meet it happened and that was really bad because there's just such a waste. It feels like a waste. Like I didn't earn that next one, which I really wanted that second one. The second one was where we really planned on hitting like a good number. And then you've got to earn that last one, which is even more important. So that first one is just to get on that board for me. And missing it feels like I just wasted that. And now I've got to do it again. And that's not the plan, but it's just, it does happen. And that's part, that's the part of the huge mental piece of this sport, right? Yeah. How do you compete? How do you get into the right mindset? Yeah, that's it's one of the things I find most fascinating about talking to high-level lifters is how do you guys get into the headspace where you can actually go out and hit lifts? I mean, it's you don't get yeah. you don't get unlimited attempts at this, right? And like you said, right, you miss your opener. I mean, it's just a waste. It feels like a waste, and it feels every time it also feels like, oh, can I just do it again? I say, no, yeah. no, you can't. I, you can't. Just hold on. Let me just let me do that again, right? Yeah. yeah. I do love it about the sport though, coming from a different sport that just like, you can reset in skating. It's very common. Um, next Olympics, if you watch, if you see somebody not do well, um, they miss a jump, they fall down. It's very common that they'll keep falling and it just snowballs and snowballs. And that is something you don't have a lot of time. Um, in skating, you have maybe four minutes to do like 12 different tricks um and it almost immediately goes from one to another so if you fall down it shakes you up and you don't have time to reset you have to keep going most likely smiling and <laughs> like pretending like it didn't happen and then somehow get that mindset back before the next one and it's very difficult so i i really love every once in a while like you can program like almost a stop and a reset in the program if you have the right music the whole process it's a whole process <laughs> I love about weightlifting is that you do get the chance. You at least get those two minutes to try to reset and be like, okay, turn it on. Whatever self-talk you have to do, whatever coaching cues you can get that helps you like reset, focus, go back out there and do it. So 
it's fun. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a fun thing. Good. Jess, I feel like I've been doing all the talking, so I'm going to let you no, uh, ask fine. a few questions. I'm, I'm jumping in and interrupting when I need. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about your nutrition. I mean, what, like, what, what do you walk? Well, what, separate these into separate questions. What, how much <laughs> weight, what do you normally walk around at? And then uh, uh, how do you cut weight? And like, what's your nutrition look like generally? I love food so much. Um, <laughs> I love eating. I love talking about it. Um, it gives me so much joy. So that is a difficult thing about this sport, the weight class part, but also it's a great part about it. Um, is it I walk around. <laughs> well, I like competing against people my size. I think it's much <laughs> okay. more fair. Right? <laughs> and CrossFit, I just like couldn't keep up. I yeah, like it's just, true. Yeah, yeah. Could barely reach the pedals on an assault bike. Um, How tall are you? That was so hard. I'm five one. Oh, okay. So okay. at the lowest setting, like very short legs, I have to like shift my body to like reach. Same girl. Me too. Yeah. So I like to just not go on the assault bike, but um, <laughs> let's see what, oh, I walk around now a days at 5960. That's a COVID. Oh my gosh, we thing. have the same cut. Yeah, <laughs> that is that, a new thing. That's just, are, are you, I mean, uh, to walk around at 60 and cut down to 55, I was telling Jess, I mean, five kilos is a lot of weight mm -hmm. on my frame. Yeah. And yours, that is yeah. just immense. So I, I don't even get it. I like, I don't know how it happens. It happens though. And my body has, like Jess was saying in hers, like almost immediately I went right back up. Yeah. My body didn't used to do that. Um, for 53s, cause we used to cut down to 53s. I had a few meets where I came in under, there was an AO finals. We had to be 53. I came in at like 52, wow. which is like pretty big. Like that's, it's, mm -hmm. It was hard getting down there, but my body like staying there and like always cutting and cycling. Like I would say every three months I would cut, even then it was like to 55, I'd cut down. It never gave me a chance to gain muscle and like really fill out the weight class. And so with a year long break, my body, like I was finally able to like sustain a higher weight, build muscle. And I really think that is the main reason why I was hitting so many PRs this year. That's awesome. Um, cause no, like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't training environment. Like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, so do you think you're going to stay a little harder? Are you going to stay at 55? Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Definitely yeah. not down. And then up is just too competitive. It's, it's, yeah. The 59s are crazy. That's, that's a lot. So no, I'm, I'm good here. 55 is great. Do you feel yeah, yeah, um, I mean, food wise? Yeah, you're not going to cut down and you're not cutting down to 49. There's no way. I like food too much. There's no way. Like I really enjoy. So yeah, like, like, so like, I, yeah, if I'm not cutting, which is funny that Jesse said, like your friends were like, oh, like there's fun Jess and then there's <laughs> cutting Jess. Oh, same thing. People are like, you're so much more fun when you're not <laughs> cutting weight and you're not in competition. I'm like way more fun. I have a really bad sweet tooth. I love cookies. I love chocolate. I love brownies, ice cream. I shouldn't really go on, but like <laughs> you get the point. I love food. <laughs> so uh, other than, other than sweets, what other kind of stuff do you like? Okay. I'll keep going. I love pizza. <laughs> I love cheese and crackers. I love a good charcuterie board. Um, fries, burgers, you name it. Like 
French toast. I can, like, yeah, sandwiches. I really love sandwiches, burritos. <laughs> There's like Just all an endless. <laughs> Just naming everything. <laughs> She's just got right, her cookbooks like, just pulling through it, naming recipes. It's all good. <laughs> Janice, do you can feel really... better at sitting around 59? Like, do you feel stronger in training? Are you sleeping better? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially as like a 53, I was losing hair, losing my hair. Um, okay. It was, that was rough. Yeah. It was fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's doable. It's worth a right? We do it because I enjoy it. Um, but I, feel, you know, I, didn't I, tried, realize. I tried to cut down and uh, it just never came back. Oh, no. That's why I maintain this physique. Oh, my gosh. It's healthier. Yeah. But yes, no, I feel like more hormone balance. Yeah. Good. Good. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your weight? Um, I cut. Yeah. So I do RP, um, as a lot of us do, um, I've played with different lengths. So for AO finals, because it's in December, um, and it's through so many holidays, I cut a little bit longer. So I start that one in like more towards October because we got to get through Halloween. Not that that's like a super food, but I love candy. There's like (laughs) special candy that only comes out during Halloween and it's hard. Um, what Halloween candy do you like? (laughs) I, dark chocolate Kit Kats. It's like very specific to Halloween. Okay, Halloween. you can find them sometimes, but you have to also get <laughs> the other ones. But and then like Easter, um, those Cadbury mini eggs. It's only during Easter. There's certain things that only come out right, right. during these times. You gotta. Yeah. So I hoard them also. But anyways, <laughs> so we have Thanksgiving, <laughs> and my birthday's in November, and so it's just like I. I start earlier so I can like do well on my cut and have like that cheat day per se, and then get back to it and then make it in time. Um, I don't like to sauna. Um, I don't like to sauna. Um, and this is actually the first time I had to spit was this nationals. I did a, a quick cut. I did maybe like a five week cut and that was not as smart, but I tried it out. Wait, you did, still made it. You went from fifty nine to fifty five in five weeks. Ooh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I get down to I get down to fifty seven. Okay. Got down to fifty seven. Water cut the rest. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we literally have the same cut, Janice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have the sauna. I have to sauna my butt off. I mean, oh, not a just not a fan. Literally. So what do you do? Do you do hot baths or? No, you just, the no, water takes just it out? water, just the water cut takes it out. Um, I had to spit probably for an hour this time, but otherwise I was okay. I was okay. Good for you. That's good. I usually have to at least sauna a kilo off. It just drains me. I don't know. You know, that, that, that was kind of the question I have was, you know, I mean, if you're spending that much time in a sauna to take a kilo of water off, am I, does that just destroy you? I'd yes. be so tired. Yes, it does. <laughs> For me, yeah. So I, you know, I, I try, if it ever came down to it, I'd absolutely try it. Yeah. I just haven't had to. That's, you. Well, that's good. That's good. So Janice, are you, are you going to go to Albuquerque or are you going to live remotely? Neither, I think. You're not good. You're not going to go to AOT? No, I don't. I don't think so. My plan is AO finals. It's the next big one. I don't 
know. I haven't really thought about that. I'm going to do. I mean, please live remotely. Sign up for like. I didn't even think about that. I didn't, I didn't look into that, honestly. Yeah, I can't. It's Is that a thing? If she wants to do AO final. Well, yeah, I'm just going. I mean, but you can go do like the AO2 just as a 59 and go have a five. I mean, yeah. And then cut for AO yeah. finals. And, Why are you pressuring her into doing meets, Mark? Because <laughs> that's my job. Like, <laughs> I, I do these interviews so I actually know athletes. So they I think that's up to Matt. <laughs> I have something to say. I, I didn't think about it, to be honest. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I, I, that's I, always I, an option. I, I guess I just kind of assumed everybody would go would do AO2, but you're right. If, it, if it's a five kilo weight cut to get down for a meet that you really don't <laughs> compete in. Um, yeah. yeah, I get it. Are, Jess, are you doing it? No, you're, you're still, are you still out? Are you still broken? I'm still broken. So are you, will you be able to do AO finals? Uh, I potentially could, but I'm not sure if I'm going to. I'm just going to take the year off. Well, you can come out. You can come out and announce with me. It'll be a it'll be a blast. You're yeah. doing Janice. You're doing AO finals though, right? I believe so. It's in the plans. What okay. is this belief yes. stuff? It's like Yoda, man. Do or do not. There is no try. Far away, but it's not. You can't reveal the plan, Mark. <laughs> Fine. Oh. <laughs> you guys are so high maintenance. I'm, um, <laughs> so, I'm enjoying, I'm in like still um, a strength, like I just started a strength phase right. post-competition. I've been doing a little bit other, like a little bit of CrossFit, um, some extra accessory work and trying to just like take a transition phase and then then go from there. So like what, what, is, so a, heavy again. what is an average like strength phase workout look like for you i mean you're doing fives tens uh, what are you doing yeah yeah um i've got eights i've got eights on back squats that's a lot for <laughs> i look at that i'm like oh i think i have eights this week so it was six um and like complexes i'm seeing these numbers it's like one plus three and i'm like oh <laughs> what is that i'm already breathing hard um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But if you're a crossfitter, you should be able to do eights. So, but you, you know, you bang those out in your sleep. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. But it's, and that's that's my answer. How do I know I'm a weightlifter? <laughs> exactly. Anything over that two or three? <laughs> it's hard. I'm breathing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when you think doing a set of five is cardio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So just, just answered the question, you know, to, you know finish the sentence. Yeah. How do you, uh, you know, you're a weightlifter when, and you're like, would you do more than a set of three and it's considered cardio? <laughs> when it's more than a set of three, this week it happened to be a set of two. <laughs> and I was breathing hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Exactly. All right. So what is the hardest thing about weightlifting for you? The hardest thing I would say, I mean, it's the, I think it's the mental piece. Um, the mental piece of whether that's competition and how do you rebound from something like a miss? How do you prepare yourself? How do you prepare yourself if like something goes out of plan? Did you forget something? Like, oh, there's all kinds of things. Like, how do you get that going? I think that's really difficult. Um, but more so like in practice, your day-to-day with weightlifting, it's not a huge, huge variety of things that we're doing. And it's often in a cycle. And so it's like, it is often sometimes like, okay, I snatch on this day, clean and jerk on this day, knowing that's coming up 
and getting that mental piece of, oh, it's off today. I feel terrible this week. All these things that may or may not happen. Or I felt great this week and the next week I don't feel great. All those things. It's a mental game of that, of like staying in it, seeing the bigger picture, um, celebrating the small things of like, oh, well, last week I, I did this amount and this, and it was hard. And then this week, oh, okay, it was a little bit easier, whether it's something like that or just, or it could be a big PR. There's fewer of those these days, I would say. Um, and just not always expecting that greatness. It's sometimes it's gonna be hard and just staying with it. I think that's probably the hardest thing about weightlifting. Yeah, I think it's a lot of pressure. Oh, go ahead, Jess, I'm sorry. I think it's a lot of pressure to put on ourselves to like win competitions and always PR. So I, I too, I think it's important what you said to find the good little things that we do every day in training because there's always a good piece that can yeah. keep you going throughout a training cycle or whatever it may be. Definitely. You know, Maddie Rogers posted a video a couple, I don't know, a month ago, right after nationals. And she said, it's not always the increase in numbers. It's the, it's, she showed like a series of her 140 attempts mm-hmm. and from missing horribly to just drilling it. Like it was, you know, something she does every day. And she's yeah. like, that progression is also worth noting, you know, and, and it is, you celebrate exactly. sometimes putting more numbers is not always easy to do, especially competitions when you, you know, not only do you have to hit big numbers, but you have to hit them in the right order at the right time. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. to win. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, exactly. celebrating some of the other victories has got to be a good thing too. Um, okay. So Janice, what, what advice would you give to 10 year old you? <laughs> oh, 10 year old me, like wasn't even, was trying to still figure out what she was doing sports wise. I was all over the place. I tried everything. Um, I don't know if I would have done anything different though. Maybe started skating sooner, but then a little bit later would have started weightlifting way sooner. That would have been great. Um, but otherwise just like believing in myself, I think both with both sports, like I didn't necessarily think that I was capable of going as far as I did in either sport. It was always a surprise. It's always been like, Oh, Oh, I'm doing this now. Oh, okay. We're here now. Um, but even, yeah, just knowing what my body was capable of physically, what my, what I was mentally capable of, like I never would have imagined, I think as a 10 year old, um, that was capable of performing in front of so many people in a big arena on the ice. And then taking that to weightlifting and putting this bar over my head and this weights that I never would have imagined that I would even be lifting and putting it over my head in front of people too, by myself. When I first started skating, somebody asked, or one of my coaches asked like, oh, like, do you want to compete? And I was like, by myself <laughs> on, on there, like, and they're like, yes, you've seen how this works. Yes. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> no idea that this, these things would be in my future. So, and, and not having the exposure too. like, I don't know. I just I had no idea women yeah. that they were capable of these things. And so I think that's a huge thing now, social media, um, things like this podcast, right? Exp- just putting it more out there of like what women are capable of doing um, at all these different stages in life and ages, right? You've had, you have these other lifters that we compete against that are moms. We have other ones that are young and they're just starting out. Um, mm-hmm. People who work full-time jobs, like full on, you're a, a full-time lawyer. That's incredible. 
and still have time to train as an elite athlete. I think that's amazing. Yeah, and so it's not I, something I knew before. I saw the cutest viral video of this little girl watching the Olympics. Have you seen this? Yes. Like she's so strong. <laughs> I want to lift like that. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. We have, you know, we have to, we we have succeeded in our mission to convert the youth of uh, of the world to to weightlifting, yeah. right? Jeez. Which is all joking aside, actually is kind of part of the master plan. Yeah. Um, and how old are you? I'm 32. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. you guys are, you know, rapidly approaching the, the, the master's phase of, of weightlifting. Uh, Good, bad, yes. or different. <laughs> well, oh, who's the, yeah. the, is it the Ecuadorian lady who's 41? Oh my God. And almost, yeah. Did she place? I can't remember if she placed or not, but I mean, she was. Oh, I was just like 41. Wow. Dude, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's amazing that these guys are still That's competing incredible. at that high level. Well, even, I mean, even Christy Brewer, you know, I mean, she's 40. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're pretty, pretty spectacular. So, Janice, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you, well, in Albuquerque, hopefully, but apparently <laughs> not. So, I look forward to seeing you in Denver in December. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.